thank you all so much for joining us for another episode excuse me of reflections with dr gary harvey it is wednesday june 10th again thank you guys for joining i really appreciate all the love and the support especially with all the turmoil going on Uh, of course you can check us out on multiple platforms we've got Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Radio Public, Breaker, just to name a few. Uh, You can check them out on www.drgaryharveyjr.com. You can subscribe to any one of those platforms. That way you make sure you get that alert and that notice every week when that new episode is published and pops. And uh, make sure you never miss a beat. But again, thank you guys so much for the support. I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, there's a new uh, Facebook page uh, for the podcast, uh, just as, as the name of the podcast, Reflections with Dr. Gary Harvey. So want to encourage you to go and um, like that, follow that, keep up with what's going on. Uh, invite your friends to like the page, share the podcast with them. <clears throat> Hopefully you guys have been enjoying it. I know the last few weeks have been uh, been you know pretty uh, full of turmoil and, and you know, um, a lot of people are, you know, making stands and making their voices heard. And a lot of good things are happening, and it's been a painful process. You know, obviously, the looting and the rioting and, um, you know, the difficult conversations that people have and the loss of life and, uh, you know, trying to get justice for those that were wrongfully murdered. And, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, just to name a few, Ahmaud Aubrey, just to name a few. And so really want to appreciate those of you that are standing up, that have been... Uh, you know, participating, whether it be in the actual protests, if you're able to attend those, um, sharing information, donating, giving of your time, you know, maybe to make signs or other materials or share information. We all have a role. Not everybody plays the same part, but really want to thank y'all for standing up and making a stand and saying, you know, enough is enough. Black lives matter. Something has to change. And really, really, really appreciate that, you know, from the bottom of my heart and the people that I know and that I care about and that I love and that are near and dear to me, I know it's appreciated. And with that being said, we're going to jump into tonight's topic. Um, I I do want to say that if you are a uh, small business owner, if you're, uh, you know, out there trying to make some things happen and trying to hustle in the midst of this pandemic, shoot us some information. definitely would like to uh, like to highlight and throw you out there and get behind uh, some people that are doing some big things. But again, mirrors have three purposes. To show you who you were, to show you who you are, and to help you become who you want to be. So let's take a look at this reflection. Face the man in the mirror tonight and see if we can't become better than what we started the day with. Now, tonight's topic, very simply, the cry of defunding the police you know what what does that mean what does that encompass because there's a lot of a lot of information out there (coughs) excuse me or should I say a lack of information out there people are reading headlines they're not fact checking most of what they read they share posts and articles based on a headline but they don't actually take the time to obtain information and make an informed decision. So, you know, the first thing in reference to defunding the police, what I think a lot of people need to realize is what that actually means. Because a lot of people feel like, you know, defunding the police, you know, we're talking about eliminate the police. Also, if you call 911, we're going to tell you just to, you know, rely on your hopes and prayers. Like, first of all, let's stop with all the ignorance because you butt hurt. You know, that's, that's the first thing. You know, at the end of the day, 
defunding the police, it, it doesn't mean to eliminate police funding. It doesn't mean to eliminate law enforcement. That's what a lot of people aren't getting. They're, you know, they got these knee-jerk reactions and, oh, it's only a few bad apples. No, it's much more than a few because it's in multiple precincts and multiple cities across the country. And we've seen it time and time again over the last two weeks specifically, you know, caught on camera time and time again. And, you know, enough is enough. Something's got to give. Defunding the police, again, does not mean to eliminate (coughs) all police funding. Defunding the police does mean that the police will still be funded, but they won't be overfunded. There's a redistribution into the city budget that everyone in the city, all the agencies in the city get a fair share. That it would be put back into the community, back into training, back into other community projects and safety projects and services within the community. See, a lot of people don't realize the amount of money that goes into funding these police departments. Our police departments have become like, you know, private militaries almost. I mean, they're so militarized, the the equipment and the items that they use. And, you know, you could argue in some places, hey, that's necessary. Well, you know, to a point, maybe I get it, but we have no problem defunding healthcare. We have no problem defunding Education. We have no problem defunding sports and music programs that help keep people, keep these young people off the streets, keep them from being idling, that, that are able to help them grow and help them, you know, expand and learn and grasp onto something that can help them in the future, an outlet for circumstances, situations, anxiety, depression, all these different things. We, we have no problem defunding all of those things, but... There seems to be a necessity to fund the police department. You don't even realize what that means. To give you an example, now I, I lived in Jacksonville for you know, roughly 14-ish years and um, 13, 14 years down there in Jacksonville, Florida. And, and just to kind of give you an idea of, of the funding. So Jacksonville's budget, if you look at it, More than half of their 2020 budget is dedicated for the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. $358 million of their budget is geared towards the police department. Now, $13 million is geared toward the development and and outreach programs for the various neighborhoods and communities. $13 million, that's 3.6% of JSO's, Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, of their 2020 budget. Now, there's there's an issue with that. If the focus is strictly the police department and not the development of these communities, first of all, we're already starting behind the power curve. You know, we do need to redistribute the budget. We do need to take a better look at it and really look at, okay, what what's going where what's going to the neighborhoods and community services what's special services parks and recreations the libraries public works fire and rescue even but no more than 50 percent of jacksonville's 2020 budget is dedicated to jso now i can't find the reasoning for that now in a lot of places officers they share a vehicle there's two officers to a vehicle 
the vehicle is essentially signed out of a motor pool, so it's not something that they take home. And unless something's changed recently, I know when I was in Jacksonville, um, er almost every officer had their own vehicle that they took home. You know, so the, it's an unnecessary expense in a lot of ways, in a lot of avenues, and not something. And that's just a, that's just a small example. But we have militarized these police departments, and there's very little oversight. There's very little, you know, accountability. We talk about, oh, it's only a few bad apples. It's not every cop. Well, here's here's my thing with that argument: Is every cop bad? No, I I know some good ones personally. But if these officers sit back and they back the blue before they back what's right, there's a problem. And so we have to institute some type of oversight. And defunding the police, again, the police will still be funded, but they're not going to be overfunded. There's, there's no justification to me why more than 50% of Jacksonville's budget is geared towards the police department. Redistribute it. Everyone in the community, give, it, give a fair share. That doesn't mean you're handing out checks to people, but you're investing the money in areas in the community. They're going to help build the community. You know, a lot of times we don't like to look at it, but I want you on your own time, do some research in reference to redlining. Um, but we have the, the redlining that took place over several, several years and, you know, limited what resources were pumped into a community and what resources were made available to those communities as a result of that. And we have situations where if we would invest in these communities, we would give, you know, other outlets and other opportunities and prevent the community from slipping into and the neighborhood from slipping into a downward spiral. But a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that. And see, one thing that we have to begin to take into consideration as a country, and, you know, I'm not going to be popular by saying this, but, you know, I, I 110% agree with General Mattis that this president, um, you know, I, I don't see a desire to unify from this president. I, I don't see him attempting to do that. I see a, a lot of rhetoric. I see a lot of verbiage um, that is contrary to that. But this race issue isn't something that just happened under President Trump's administration. It's happening under his administration. It happened under President Obama's administration. It happened under President Bush's, President Clinton's, Bush Sr., et cetera, et cetera. It's been an ongoing problem for years. And, you know, our police departments, a lot of the police departments, you know, they're, they're rooted in a lot of aggression and a lot of, um, a lot of negativity. And they're supposed to be an organization that serves and protects, that maintains the safety and security of a community. Uh, but they've become essentially like personal armies for these politicians in cities and whatnot because there is no oversight. They can kind of do what they want, and you know, information is not released to the public. I know New York just voted to repeal, I believe it was uh, 50A, uh, where you know now the the history. Of, of complaints or negative conduct, etc., is is now you know not hidden but made available. Um, different things like that are, are small steps. But again, you know why? Okay, why defund the police? Why all of a sudden are we crying to defund the police? Well, you know, one, police should focus on crimes and criminals. I, I think I think that's a fair statement. I think that police officers should focus on cr actual crimes and criminals and not just every every day-to-day -day whatever. Now, that's not to say that a police officer shouldn't or can't, you know, help a citizen. By all means, serve and protect. You know, there's two aspects of it there, but we do, we do shoulder a lot of responsibility on our police officers that does fall outside of their scope of training. 
Police officers, they're not mental health counselors, yet we ask them to deal with those types of situations every day. Police are not social workers. Police are not medical professionals. Police are not education specialists. Police should not be responsible for everything in a community. There are a lot of, of non-violent instances, I won't even call them crimes, but there are a lot of things that police officers get called to do that really maybe shouldn't fall under their jurisdiction. Maybe we need to reevaluate that. Maybe we need to take a, take a better look at that. Maybe, you know, sending somebody from the fire department or, or an EMT is, is better suited. Um, you know, for that type of thing. I know Jacksonville, uh, they started at one point uh, community service officers, I believe they called them. Uh, we used to joke and call them highlighters because they wore bright yellow shirts. Um, but they would go to like um, car accidents with no injuries or they would be involved with you know, traffic control and stuff like that during, you know, various events and whatnot, you know, and, and not really responsible for anything else. So there's, there's a lot of different, different aspects to that of what police should and should not maybe be accountable for. And I believe that's a discussion that needs to take place. I believe there's a lot of different opinions. There's a lot of various thought processes that are out there. And, but I definitely believe that the system needs restructured it needs revamped it needs fixed um you know there is a um and forgive me i apologize i don't remember what city it is exactly but there is a city in new jersey that essentially dismantled and reassembled the police department uh there they they started from scratch and they reevaluated their policies they reevaluated their training they reevaluated uh, the processes and how they act and you know people people wouldn't have such a problem with the police department if the police department was held accountable but so often the police department is not held accountable you know for the various people that the various officers that have killed unarmed men and women unarmed black men and women over the last few years i mean michael vick's sentence for you know dog fight and killing a dog was more than what you know several of these people several of these people haven't even been charged um you know they just reopened uh, brianna taylor's case and they just released the incident report which i was reading an article earlier today and it was practically blank like how how is it practically blank you went to the wrong house you know and, and here's here's my thing they say oh it was a mistake uh, okay well I guess my next question is your plan of attack was to shoot somebody that was sleeping because she was sleeping in her bed. So where was the threat for you to unload rounds into this woman? And if you were if you were in the actual house, is that the same way it would have played out? You would have unloaded rounds into somebody who was sleeping that was not a threat? Like there's the problem. There's no oversight, the lack of training, the lack of accountability. You know, it's almost as if the badge makes them immune, but it doesn't. And that's where we stand at this point. And that's why there's these cries about defund the police because the money is not going where it needs to go. You know, why defund the police? Or again, what does defund the police emphasize? Reassessing the values. What are the values of the, of the law enforcement agency? What are the values of the individual officer? What are the values in the community? Do they align? Are we investing in our communities? Take some of that money that is just being pumped into these police departments for, you know, to ensure that they maintain militarized. 
pump that into the communities, invest in the communities, invest in people, invest in other opportunities. Now, you know, Dr. Harvey, well, well, if, if, if we're taken away from the police department, what are some other community safety options? You know what? I don't, I don't 100% know. Maybe there's active, um, you know, more active or, you know, city sanctioned, um, neighborhood watch type things. Maybe there's, um, you know, more oversight. Maybe there's better training. Maybe there's events and resources to encourage the community relations between the law enforcement agency and the community. Maybe there's investment into the community that it increases education opportunities, that it increases economic opportunities, that maybe there's more recreational opportunities for people to you know, blow off steam, so to speak, or deal with anxiety and depression in a more positive, active way. Um, maybe there's more investment into our hospitals. Like, I find it amazing that we are able to equip our police officers so quickly and militarize our police officers so quickly, yet during a national pandemic, we struggled to make sure that our medical professionals were properly equipped to deal with the situation. That says a lot about our focus and our priorities. And defunding the police is asking people to reevaluate those things. Funding other services, fire departments, EMTs, other community outreaches within, within the cities, infrastructure, improve the infrastructure, improve the parks and recreation system, improve the libraries, improve, you know, there's so many different ways that these funds can be used to, to help our community. But whenever somebody hears defund the police, the immediate response is, oh, you just want to get rid of police departments. Oh, we're slipping into lawlessness. Oh, this is this is so terrible. Like, listen, man, that's that's not that's not even what's being said. You know, it, it's unfortunate that sometimes we do get so emotionally involved that we become irrational. You know, and and the people that have been wronged by police departments, 110%, I understand why they would rather do away with them. And it's not necessarily that they would rather do away with police departments, you know, and law enforcement agencies completely, but the way that they're currently structured, the way that they currently operate, the lack of current oversight, 110%, it needs to be done away with. It needs to be restructured. It needs to be re revamped. Like maybe disassemble, dismantle and re reassemble you know, these, these various agencies from the ground up, you know, at the very least, at the very least, there needs to be a shift in the funding for training. So these officers are better equipped to deal with people that these officers are screened better, that there's a better mental health and psychological screening that, that takes place for these officers, that there's maybe, you know, there's talk of, of a screening that will, you know, kind of determine from a psychological subconscious level if an individual is, is predisposed to racist tendencies. You know, maybe that's what needs to take place. I don't, I don't pretend to have all the answers by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, I, I believe that there needs to be change. I have some thoughts and, and I try to put those things out and I, I talk to various people about them. You know, we have a, a two-party system here in the country and the best they have the offer is Trump and Biden. 
Like that, that says something because we as a nation have so much more to offer than the current politicians. You know, and I'm not talking just presidential. I'm talking from your city level, state level, you know, your city, county, state, and national level. Like, we really need to reevaluate. If we want to make some of these changes, we've got to make them from the inside out. We've got to exercise our right to vote. We've got to put pressure on where our politicians choose to budget and choose to spend the money and choose to invest the money. And what they say is important. Does it line up with what we say? Because if all we do is talk, if all we do is march, if all we do is allow people to misunderstand the message, then we're just going to put a band-aid on the situation. We're going to appease the situation and we're going to continue the cycle. Like I was saying, you know, in the graphic that I was sharing about uh, the episode for this week, you know, defunding the police, what is what does it mean? And where do we go from here? Because this is the thing. There has to be active, productive dialogue. We as a country have got to be able to face our sins as a country. We have to be able to acknowledge and face what it is that we've done wrong and be able to press forward. We have to have active dialogue. We have to have plans of action. What is it that we're really trying to accomplish? Okay, so we marched, we yelled, we screamed, we carried signs, you know, but are you registered to vote? Are you going to vote in your local elections? Are you going to vote in your state elections? Are you going to vote in congressional and presidential elections? Like, are you going to actively use the rights that are available to you? Are you going to continue to be a voice? Because here's the thing. If we're really going to talk about Black Lives Matter, if we're really going to talk about dealing with social injustices, then it has to be more than just law enforcement. It has to be more than just a basic equality. We have to start addressing the injustices within education, within the job force, within you know, health care, all these different disparities. We need to be able to address and actively move towards these things. Now... I want to encourage you. There's a lot that's happened over the course, uh, the first 10 days of pro, you know protesting. Uh, the four officers were charged. Um, they're looking at uh, re reassess the Brianna law. You know, reassessing the the no knock warrants. Um, several states have have um, made laws against any type of chokehold um, being done by an officer. Other states and cities and law enforcement agencies have instituted policies and regulations that require officers to step in and prevent um, police brutality from one of their counterparts. And, and what I think is awesome about that is because you'll, you'll start to see the good apples. See, right now, people are, are sharing posts and people, you know, some people are out marching and some people are saying things, but this is going to be a long trip. This isn't just while you're emotionally involved. When, when the emotions fade and things get back to a sense of normalcy, are you just going to allow it to sweep under the rug or are you going to continue to push for change? Defunding the police is a cry for change. It's not a cry to eliminate law enforcement. And one has to understand that. It is a cry to reappropriate the funds into an area or to a, a spot, to a a cause to a, a agency that is going to make a difference in our community. You know, what does that look like? I don't know. Maybe for one, you know, like 
for some places, it, it looks like that city in New Jersey. We're going to dismantle the police department and start from scratch and build it up. Maybe that means we have um, community oversight. Maybe that means we have, you know, organizations that within the community that are, you know, for, for peace and safety and, and that liaison between the police and the people or those checks and balances. I think a lot of what we have is, is a lack of check and balances where, you know, an officer can murder an unarmed man who's clearly detained on camera and he can sit in his house for four or five days where you or I, if we were to do the same thing, we would have been immediately put in handcuffs and locked up and charged. There's, there's clearly a difference there, you know. Oh, it's just a few bad apples. No, no, at this point, there's too much of it going on and not enough people trying to do something. So things need to be put in place to ensure the checks and balances. And that's what defunding the police is really talking about. I want to encourage you, if you haven't, um, you can look it up on YouTube. Uh, John Oliver, um, in his piece, I believe it's HBO, uh, This Week Tonight, I believe it's called, or Last Week Tonight, uh, he does he does a piece it's about 20 30 minutes long where he talks about uh, defunding the police he talks about this topic and comes from a, a, a rational rational approach offers various facts um, you know I want to encourage you to to take the time to, to listen to that to watch that um, and understand when people are saying defund the police we're not trying to say eliminate law enforcement just just let it be Mad Max at the Thunderdome and we'll figure it out. That's not what anybody's saying. But what we are saying is there needs to be a reappropriation, a reallocation of resources that will help fund and support and build the community as well as maintain a law enforcement agency with a level of integrity that's effective and truly serves and protects. So where do we go from here? We make our voices heard. Make sure you're out there voting. Make sure you stay vocal. You don't have to be nasty to be vocal. Stay vocal. Stay vigilant. Push for change. Hold our leaders accountable. These are the different things that we can do in order to ensure and continue to make sure that we're progressing. Because black lives matter. Because we need to make a difference. Because enough is enough. And things have got to change. And I believe that there's been some small changes. And I believe that this, this country and, and several countries across the globe understand that enough is enough. This is an issue that needs to be dealt with. And you guys know me. I like to cite scripture like it says in Isaiah. Cry loud and spare not. We have to call out our sins. We have to hold ourselves accountable for the sins of our nation. We can't point the finger to one individual. It's all of our fault. We've allowed it to get here, and now we need to make a change. So again, I stand behind that. Defund the police 110%. Defund the police, not eliminate the police. There's a big difference. Let's restructure. Let's reevaluate. Let's refocus, and let's make sure there's some checks and balances so we can maintain accountability. You guys, I really appreciate you listening. 
Um, I know I was kind of general in my in my thoughts tonight, but I, I just wanted to scratch the surface. I didn't want to get too deep into it tonight. Uh, next week or the following week, you know, maybe we'll explore it a little deeper. But I, I just there's such a a misunderstanding of what defund the police actually means, and so I wanted to take just a minute and talk about that. Really appreciate your guys's love and support. Uh, you know, currently listeners in in seven eight countries right now, almost all fifty states, and thank you guys so much for the love and support you know i i pray every day that the things that i do in regards to the current climate and the social injustices and the racism that's plaguing our country i really pray that the little bit that i do makes a difference i don't want it to be just a band-aid i want it to truly affect change and that's my prayer and that's my heart and and i really hope that that we as a nation progress down that path and that we as a people continue to stay active because it's not going to be a quick trip to the corner store this is a long road trip that we've got to go on in order to make some things happen but again thank you guys for listening appreciate it um share share the podcast share the link like subscribe check out the facebook page again as always www.drgaryharveyjr.com send us an email let me know what your thoughts are share it i really appreciate all the love you guys as always i'm praying for you y'all pray for me catch us next week i'm reflections with dr gary harvey